Welcome to the show. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galilee Girls. And we're so excited to be here. And we're sorry that our last episode that we recorded a week ago just got published today. But, but that means like bonus? Double episode? Double episode. Because we'll post this, this one too. <laughs> so we have a lot of updates, like personal updates. Um, Naomi ran. I did. I ran two times. But more importantly, happy anniversary. Thank you. Yes. 14 years. It's a Wednesday, so it's like, what are we going to do for anniversary? (laughs) So we might go out or we might save it for the weekend, which I guess is Labor Day and we have Well, I can babysit. Yay. Well, we'll, yeah. We'll figure something out. Even if you do something tonight, why don't you guys plan something over this weekend? Yeah, that sounds good. And I'll come over and watch the kids with friends. Thank you. Or probably just me. (laughs) <laughs> that's fine or or Julian can come to Aunt Liz's basement that's right he was like I have to go in Aunt Liz's house I have to go downstairs and we're like what are you gonna play with yeah. and he just he, wanted to be down here he wanted the drum kit and, oh, and most of it wasn't here. here there was a drum but then he but didn't want to bang that drum <laughs> no, it was just funny but he just remembers Aunt Liz's house is cool <laughs> yeah so um so that's so exciting, though. 14 yeah. years. And yeah. Scott is the person that got you into running. He is. Like, he, I mean, you he, ran before, but from an obsessive bad place. And yes. Came, from a place of calorie burning, from a gym. Like, I almost said you became a runner. And now I'm like, nope, nope. because Elizabeth taught us, you, you don't become a runner. You are a person that runs. But exactly. she became a, like, from just a run from time to time to, like, run races person. Yes. He convinced me to run a 10K. So, actually, kind of funny, again, parallels with Elizabeth Clore, and this was a story that I knew about before reading her book, was her her first foray into running, was that she went and ran a local, I believe it was a 10K also, and she ends up, like, placing, and that's exactly what happened to me. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, maybe I could be good at this. this? I've got, yeah, even though it wasn't, like, fast, it was, like, you know... But it was, but I placed for my age group, and that was like such a like exciting moment. Yeah. It really is still so exciting if I ever place. <laughs> well, the South Lakes 10K was this weekend, and I had originally hoped to be able to run it. Just speaking of 10Ks, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I've been friends on, ran it. Yeah, I've been on run restriction for five days, but today I'm allowed to run. Are you thinking so, about running today, or are you? Gonna um, I don't know. It Peloton? really depends on what the weather feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels like 1 million percent humidity outside right now. Yeah. It feels gross. Well, it feels like it's been supposed to rain. Like, it feels like it's going to rain for the last, like, three or four days. And it has, but, like, it's a sprinkle. It needs to, like, break. A downpour. We need, like, yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's the end of August, so I feel like the weather will turn soon. That was, like, the one thing. Except it's going to be 95 next week. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) That was the one thing with, like, running this weekend. I was, like, I was thinking, like, oh, you know, and finally I can try to start running again if the prp didn't work then it's not going to work so there's not any like risk at this Damage, point it's yeah. more of just okay what do i do from here and so but i was like oh you know prior to this when i got the prp i was like cool i'm gonna miss the hottest part of summer and then i yeah. go out and it's still really gross and yeah. really hot because we don't get a break until late well, october there's, <laughs> there's still pool running to be done and let me tell you we also have had very warm marine corps around here. uh exactly well, very warm. And pool running, like, yeah, I did yesterday, but we are dwindling on that too. We're going to lose tomorrow. I guess will be our last I Thursday know. morning before I they know. close the morning swim. I was thinking maybe we ought to squeeze in a Friday morning. Like, just before because, they close. Before they close. Sure. Yeah, because 
It's just so nice. Like the pool is just also it would kick off September. Yeah, but it's it's it sucks not to have. Yeah, not to have it anymore after this. Yeah. Not to have outdoor pool. Yeah. Like, we could still go pool run in the True. indoor pools. But actually, I think some of them don't close until, uh, or they don't, like, really get into their swing for, like, another two weeks. So yeah. there's, like, kind of a no man's land in the middle of, of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yay. Anniversaries and running again. And you, like, you didn't just run. And I, so my advice was, like, okay, maybe, like, a mile. And then if you tolerate that, run for, like, one and a half miles, or really my advice was like 10 minutes yeah. and then 15 minutes. No, Naomi went out and ran 30 minutes one day and was like, it's fine. Then ran an hour. <laughs> back to back. I was a little worried when you ran an hour the next day. Oh, I, I knew you like, would be. And I was like, <laughs> I'm glad that you held yourself back and restrained because there was a 10K Garmin badge. There was. And you didn't go after I, that. <laughs> I did not. And I was like, yeah. And I had given myself the parameters of like, okay. You know, yes, you can you can try this, the, but at 30 minutes you must turn around. That's the latest, so I can tur- I could turn around at 20 minutes. And I thought about it, and then I just felt good. Yeah, I mean, something about those 2020s. Isn't, isn't that nice though? Like how much doesn't that prove like how much fitness you maintain by doing pool running and by biking? Biking, like it really it really is a great show that your fitness does not no matter what the times on your watch say because that Garmin race predictor is a freaking liar and it's not giving you that same it doesn't give you the same like workout metrics to change your running times that running does right but i think health wise it does give you like what you need to be a competent runner. So don't be afraid of cross training. And I've been somebody who used to preach low mileage. Then when I was doing high mileage, I was like, maybe a high mileage is the answer. Right. And now I'm really thinking, no, high fitness is the answer to right. good performance. And quantify good performance. Like for me, good performance means um, show up on race day, have a lot of fun, finish with 80% effort, so you you reserve 20%, so you've crossed the finish line, feeling like you still had 20% to give, and you're, you know, smiling. Smiling. We like, never, yeah. That's how I, I mean, I that's know. literally my favorite races. Anytime I give more than 80%, I'm, like, kind of mad. I'm, like, <laughs> I would rather cross the finish line. I'm like, Happy. Yes, I could have gone faster. <laughs> yeah, we like we we talked about this before. We like never do. Neither of us really do a hundred percent. I know you see it out there, and a lot of like a lot of coaches um, talk about you know in eff- your efforts in in training should be eighty percent, and then your race day efforts a hundred percent. And I'm like, I don't want to suffer. Like that's I'd just rather not suffer my thing. in training. I would rather suffer in training. I would rather train to my potential. So on race day. My whatever goal I've set is at is whatever eighty percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree. Mostly because I like up until the pandemic, I worked two and three jobs. Right. So like the day before the Marine Corps Marathon, every single year, and I ran the Marine Corps Marathon from twenty eleven all the way until twenty nineteen. I worked a swim meet from seven a.m. six a.m. Until 4 p.m. the day before the Marine Corps Which means marathon. you were on your feet. On my feet with usually it was like six, seven, and eight-year-olds because it's this one particular mini-meet and it's so cute. And I would work all day 
Uh, and then one year, I actually worked all day at the swim meet, and I still had to go downtown and get my bib. And uh. that was a nightmare. Like, I will never do that again. <laughs> but I've learned to go and get my bib, like, on the th- when they have the early like Thursday, the Thursday or Friday. Friday. Well, yeah, I just take time off of work. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, work doesn't matter. That's what my plan this year. And you're on your feet on, on like, concrete. And yeah. there is really a difference. And I know, like, this is also true for people who Well, it's who not are, even concrete. So pools. Or pool deck. Pool it's, decks are made of gunite. So, the well, in the shells of pool are gunite, which is a really strong concrete. Right. And the reason it's called gunite is they spray it in with a gun. Isn't that fun? Um, and then the, it's tiled, hard tiled. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, even it's harder than pretty concrete. intense. But I, you know what, those those Hoka sandals that we got. The recovery. The, um, yeah, we got the recovery flip-flops. Mm-hmm. Those were, like, my favorite to wear to meets because oh. they're anti-slip and they're so springy and yeah. nice. Like, I love my rubber Burks, but I think my feet would get tired wearing yeah. rubber, rubber Burks all day, even though they provide a little bit. But those They're Hoka not as bouncy as the Hoka. are nice. Yeah. I'm, I've am i actually been looking at getting a new I pair get of the some, slides. Yeah, I should get some of the slides because I only have the flip-flops. I need to get the slides, the Hoka slides. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people love them. But it's something to be said for, like, that is the issue here when you, when you, when you run Marine Corps. And for those people running New York – it's not just, you know, us anecdotally who've said it, but it's true that the concrete really beats you up. It does. In so yes, standing around on, on let something me tell hard you, that. The Marine Corps New York double, which a lot of people do, a lot of people go run Marine Corps. One week Corps, apart. And then they want to go run New York. It is different from just running two marathons back to back because of that concrete. It if you are not ready for that you are going to end up with stress fractures. I, I think almost every person I know who's done that double has ended up horribly injured afterwards. Except for like Ken. <laughs> like with the exception well, of people who Ken, have. But Ken has the mileage base. Exactly. That's exactly it. Where we're talking about all this fitness base, fitness base, fitness base. Fitness base can, sure, can get you. I have done back-to-back marathons. Have I done a week apart? I might have. I don't know. I've done a lot of like running back to back. You've definitely done 13 days. I mean, I did a week with uh, Marine Corps 50K and then a PR and a half. The half, exactly. So, but, but I was doing high mileage at the time. But you just have to really like that. It it, there's something about recreational runners wanting to do that double in particular that they just want to. If you want to do the Marine Corps New York double. You should be really looking at a a couple of peak weeks in August where you practice 24-24 back-to-back. Yeah. Um, where you are doing, in Galloway, you are doing like a 30, or I would probably do like a 24 followed by a 30 on yeah. concrete. Right. Like you've got to get on concrete. You and cannot. And, oh, you know, actually road surfaces. Do you like... A lot of people, like, we haven't really talked about what you should run on, like, what right. kind of road surfaces and everything. Yeah. So, no, I think it's a perfect... So it's, it's a, a good thing to talk about. Thing so, to we haven't. So taking your road surface into consideration is important with your race, yeah. um, but it's also important with your, your training. training. And I'm pretty sure it was Hal Higdon, pretty sure. I think, I think it's in Run Fast, How to Beat Your Time Every Time. Um... And I'm going to have to, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the book it's in. <laughs> anyway, he talks about how the surfaces are like, or maybe it was a different book. Anyway, um, talking <laughs> about like the uh, concrete, it's like fast food. It's everywhere. 
right? So like sidewalks, it's everywhere. It's an okay option if there's nothing else to eat. Asphalt is actually <laughs> like fine dining. Like you want to go run on asphalt if that's what you're going to race on. But actually the best is tracks, right? So you've yeah. got like, like tracks are really great for that energy return in that spring, but not if you're going to race on track. If you're going to, whatever you're going to race on, that's what you need to run on. So if you're going to be running something like Marine Corps, you should take some time making sure that you're running on that hard concrete. I would even say possibly even going down to the Mount Vernon Trail because I bet that asphalt has concrete under it. So it's harder. Like, because that's the yeah. thing, even the Marine Corps roads, like, that are asphalt and asphalt actually right. does give you some energy return back. Mm-hmm. Um there's concrete underneath because DC's a swamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and that's the same the truth for New York because it's built on like sand essentially. And so you've yeah. got this, you know, hard harder surface than yeah. you know, than you have out like in the in the suburbs yeah. where there's dirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember when we paced Lauren and yeah, Marine Corps. we paced Lauren at Marine Corps and then like three days a day later, two days later, something like that, we decided that we were gonna like test Martin gels out and we went for like a three mile run first off Martin gels taste amazing when you're out running they taste weird if you're not if you're running. standing still if you're standing still and you're like I'm gonna try this and it's the first time you've ever had it and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the texture um, a lot yeah. of people don't like the texture but they also have like kind of a weird taste that tastes like nothing when you're running but like but really sweet yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. They but they don't taste sweet at all when you're running, no. which is so weird. Uh, anyway, so we went out for this three-mile run, and I remember both of us being like, what is wrong with our it legs? It was Monday night. We had, because oh, at that point, we had, been doing our, we had been doing our 36-hour mm-hmm. thing at that point, and Monday night was, you know, typical easy run anyway. And the fact that we paced, yeah, Marine Corps was a... It was a pacing run for us, but it was not. So it was not a race for us, and so we yeah. And it was did our I would say Monday night recovery easy. run. It was it was easy as far as pace. Uh-huh. It was easy as far as heart rate. Yes. But the thing that that as far as pace heart rate, the thing that people discount about using races as training runs is that little bit of adrenaline that you get from being in the race the environment adds to that stress. Mm-hmm. And so it does have an effect on your whole system. And then the concrete. And then the concrete. <laughs> if it's Marine Corps or New York or any race that has, that's a city race. Yeah. Like if you're going out and doing, you know, CNO canal races or something that's like a trail or something that's not yeah. going to beat you I up. I wasn't beat up at all when I did that CNO race. Yeah. Like three weeks. Before weeks, Mountains to three Beach. Three weeks before Mountains to Beach. Yeah. Because it's a, yeah, that totally different surface. That's another, yeah, another surface we didn't talk about is like packed that's, gravel. That's the, um... That's the race that yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth like bailed out of. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Or the um, um, twice. She did. She did yes. it as eighteen mile runs twice. Yes. Um, I loved. First off, like a lot of people think I'm crazy. I freaking love a race that goes out and back and out and back because it gives you four segments and you're like, I'm gonna like descend each of these four segments and then it doesn't matter if you have a slow mile in there because you know you can take a recovery mile you just have to descend the the segment break it up into quarters i love segments yeah well cuz it is a really easy way to mentally look at it whereas like in other races like ring core or whatever you do have to really look at the course and it's mm-hmm. it's not you can't just descend each for each 6 miles because that's just not always 
the way it works in, in I know we talked about Marine Corps and like the best strategy for that yeah. one. <laughs> I know I was about post- to like I was about to like replay my strategy yeah. that I've already shared on the podcast we should, before. Yeah, or like, you know, we should look I at think those we should and wait share and them. Do that two weeks before yeah. Marine Corps, we can share like three different Marine Corps strategies. Right. Because Marine Corps has an has an incredibly fast 10K at the end if you are heat tolerant and sun tolerant because even when it's cold it's direct sunlight so you have yeah. to be sun tolerant marine corps has a really fast middle half marathon so which i think that's my favorite strategy and then marine corps has you know just a lot of great energy and i think that it's possible to just start slow and descend the whole thing yeah so there's three three great strategies. Oh, we'll just type that up. That'll be like a little episode. Three great Marine Corps strategies. Yeah, as we get closer. Um, yeah. And then we should also we should also make sure that we do an episode about taper because yes. everybody talks about taper and the taper crazies and and like I know. We should probably do that in a couple weeks because we've got like Chicago coming up too. Yeah. And yeah, the taper crazies and like and race anxiety. Are all in your mind. We we do need to go into yeah. that at some point. Oh. I, that's gonna be a whole episode. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's so funny. I don't get anxious about races. I get, like, really excited to execute. Like, and, like, the more I, like, think back, like, especially after reading Elizabeth's book and, like, talking with you about, like, how you felt about races and, like, thinking back, I, like, really, really remember sitting in my hotel room in Chicago, like, texting with you, and we both had a race the next day. And I was, like, I'm, I was, like, it's going to be hot, but I have, like, I came up with a new plan and I'm excited because like yeah. I have I had this confidence knowing that no matter what happened, I could run a 155 in the back half. I was like, so it's gonna be fine. So I went out there and ran yeah. at the time a PR in the first half because yeah. it was supposed to get hotter. And I was like, it's fine. On a hot day, I can run a 155 in the back half. You also had the like the <laughs> confirmation confirmation bias, I guess, of Jeff. Because you spoke with him and about your about your race strategy and he gave you that. By speaking with Jeff. This is how that email exchange went. (laughs) Hey, Jeff, so I know you said I should go out slow and then, like, go out easy and then try to pick it up. Try to build. But it's supposed to be 80 degrees at 9 a.m., so here's what I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to run a PR in the half marathon and then just hold on and run a 155 in the back half. Sound good? He goes, go for it, Liz. (laughs) Yeah. That was all he said. Which... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he was like, like, "Go for it!" Right? He's like, "Sure." But he, like, he's coming from a place that of, was like, only my first season working. So much. Okay, <laughs> but he knew you, and he has so much experience coaching mm-hmm. runners that he knew that that was like a risk. He was like, "That's something that I think he, is safe for you to try." He knew that that's that you what, do what anyway. I was gonna do anyway. But we also, he did know that we had. I had done multiple. Like my first sub four was run because my watch. Was was not working. Right. I ran a PR in the first half and then went, oh shit, and intentionally slowed down. Right. Probably to slower than I needed to, but because I slowed to slower than I needed to, and you can see like a complete drop off. I'm like holding one pace and then I immediately switched to another. I didn't try to keep holding and then slow later. I was like, nope, I cannot keep going at this pace. I'm going to slow intentionally. To I think it was like a nine forty five pace, so I went from like an eight thirty pace to a nine forty five, and then was able to break four. Well, and because the way you did that was very smart, because you did it early. Yeah, because it was mile like fourteen, basically Mm -hmm. it was right after the half, and that's the big difference that I think 
you know, if you're, you can still save your race. You can save it. You can salvage it. It's not over. And actually you can PR it. It's not like you, you know, slow down enough. But if you had tried to hold on with that 830 being like, damn, I'm going to blow it out of the water today. Then who knows what would have happened. I I can tell you exactly what would have happened. At mile 16, I would have had to, so I intentionally slowed down. And I remember seeing my ex at the time, like, because he brought Penny to the race. And I remember. Your ex now, but (laughs) your boyfriend at the time. Yeah, but my ex. I remember seeing him and saying, I intentionally slowed down so you can't look at my splits. I was like, but I'm doing great and I'm holding this. And, like, I remember the rest of the race feeling incredibly easy. What would have happened is I would have made it. Because Haynes Point is about that middle section. I would have made it up to the Capitol and the wheels would have completely fallen off. Because here's actually what happened back in 2016. The exact, like, that thing happened. I made it through the Capitol, mile 16, 17, yeah. 18, and the wheels fell off. Um, yeah, that stretch is, is and, tough. Like, you, like, you've talked about how fast it can be. And I think, I don't think I've personally done that because we've only done it as like with if like, you're tired going Lauren, through the capital it's really that, hard yeah that area has but is that's tough. that's like, if you take the first five miles fast, too hard right that area is very hard if you take the first five miles easy that area is easy because rock creek is super fast you've then you have the yeah. most crowd support and you also have the no the and with my like fast half marathon sex like plan the second you get to the bridge, you get to walk for a mile. Like, that's my plan. It's literally <laughs> like take, like, I mean, you could go down to 1530s or something, but you're supposed to take an entire recovery mile on the 14th Street Bridge. So the 14th Street Bridge, instead of becoming this, like, horrible thing, is like, yay, I can't wait to get there because I get to recover. So that's, like, that's my strategy. such a good strategy. But people don't like when I tell them that they should walk in the middle of a race. But I, I did it with I did it with Jess, and that's when she got a 409, which was a huge PR at the time, yeah. on a 91-degree day. Yeah. And when we talk about Marine Corps being a, fall, a late fall race, 91 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. People who are worried about it being cold at the start just don't. Be like, you know what? if you have a little bit of cold at the start, that's Emily great. Emily Tui but. followed that um, race strategy and ran under six hours for the yeah. first time yeah. on that hot day There you go. Well. It's it's very doable. And so. like, I mean, it definitely, you know, run walk is the way to get there. But, it's, yep. but having yourself have that recovery block, it actually makes so everything so much easier. And I think that's what mm-hmm. people who want to have consistent mile splits that's not necessarily the smart way to run a marathon i mean yeah something shorter than a marathon maybe but even then it's it's great to have well, recovery blocks I think, built in so i think that it is it's so people are like well i'm gonna take it out 10 seconds slower per mile at the beginning right and like that might not be enough no like you might need you 30 or bank, a minute you can bank so much speed for later by taking it out more conservatively in the beginning yep. and here's the thing it feels a lot better to cross the finish line with a lot of energy and speed running a PR and going, I, if I had gone a little bit faster starting at mile four, I actually would have gotten an even bigger PR. It makes you excited to jump into training again. Whereas if you are running close to that edge at the beginning and then you have a slowdown, that is devastating. No matter what your time is at yeah, the end, yeah, that's true. Like 
feeling bad at the end of a marathon or having that slowdown at the end of the marathon, it mentally feels bad. Yeah, it's like soul crushing. Yeah. And yeah, and it's true. Even if the time was close to what you, your, you know, previous PRs or whatever, it's still, it's something that's going to, you know, cause you to not want to go back to running. Yeah. True. Like I think about our mountains to beach race, and like we were like ha- keeping a fairly this fast year? this year. We were keeping a fairly fast clip towards the end. Like we had to abandon like kind of our our initial plan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what did we we crossed the first half in like just under two hours? No, right? we were over, and that was the plan. Oh, we were two o two. Weren't we right? like two o two? And the plan was to be two o four. And then... Hey, that's even better than I, I thought. I think we... Yeah, because I think we had, to, had said, actually, it was still a little too fast. We, we had wanted to be even a little slower, I think. I'd have that's, to go and see, look. See, that's even better than I thought because, um, yeah, because I remember thinking, like, just, like, we were keeping such a good pace for 30-30s. Like, I definitely felt like we had reserves in the tank. It was so hot, though, that, like... You know, it was kind of hard to. Yeah, we we needed to use. You know, we we needed to save. Gosh, we were consistent. We were, but we needed to like save something there. So like in that second half, especially for me, like when I started to get those like little twangs of nausea because I get the yeah I get you know during during especially hot running I get nausea and it's like we had to just slow down just a pinch like whether it was fifteen seconds mile whatever it was to yeah you know I think we had one or two miles Great that were race. we definitely had one or two over ten in there like miles twenty three and twenty four were over ten minutes but other than that we really retained our pace like from you know yeah for, through the first half we knew I that mean, like we were like had we to kind also of just like threw that together like honestly we had, again we had we did not have the training for a no marathon no for a four hour marathon you know that's the other thing was that's why the 204 or the 202 was about a two hour because we had a two minute potty break at mile 11 that's right so or two and a half because yeah. we yeah so it was an eleven minute mile so it would have been a sub two first half which yeah. was too fast for what we yeah. we knew that was too fast so yeah so we were but My again digestive upset yeah but again we saved our you know we saved yeah. our day we did not like let it ruin the day and I right think because our slowdown wasn't wasn't like we it's not like we slowed down to twelve minute nope, thirty which I've done and let me tell plenty you of we times. are definitely capable of doing twelve oh. minute mile thirty thirty especially in the end of a marathon I've done lots of those <laughs> I've, I've done lots of th- 12, 13 minute miles at the end of a marathon and yeah you're completely bummed out and depressed by this race for a really long time because you didn't retain and save and like have Gosh, some kind the of sh- marathon you know. the marathon is such a difficult run too like it, it really is because like at any point like the wheels can fall off at any point and you still have so much race to go like you really have to be patient and calm during a marathon and my favorite mantra is you've got time that's my favorite and I use it actually even in half marathons don't worry you've got time because you do have so much time and, you know, the whole run the mile you're in is great advice too, but just like staying relaxed and just like got nothing but time because let me tell you, no matter where you're at, so let's say you're even trying to, you know, kind of beat that, you know, you're in the 530 group. So 530 is what, 12, 4, 1230, 1240, something yeah, like that. Yeah, because five is right around you 12. You throw... 
you throw a 13 no. minute mile down, that's okay because you can throw a 12 down later. Or, you know, you throw a 13 in, you throw five 12 20s, 25s in, and you've made up that time. Yeah. You have time to adjust. So don't ever let one mile you know, dictate too fast or too slow. If that first mile is too fast, like go ahead and because it's so easy for the first mile in races to be too fast. So easy. Yeah. Go ahead and make the adjustment in the second mile. Don't wait and make the adjustment and say, oh, I banked some banked some time for later because you didn't. There's no way to bank time. You can only, by being too fast, you can only... Uh, get a slowdown later. If yeah. It's, if it's too fast for your fitness. A lot of times though, I think sometimes people are, um, they think that they are less fit sometimes than they actually are, primarily because they're not doing anything to tell them what their paces should be. Yeah. Right? It's important to do things like magic miles mm-hmm. and track workouts to know what should you be aiming for. Because just, or even tune-up race, I'm not a huge fan. The problem is, I actually, I love the idea of tune-up races, right? I love the idea of them. Mm-hmm. My problem is, I think, oh, it's a race. And, like, that's it. I'm done with training. Or I right. need to recover. But tune-up races aren't, like, re- things you recover from. They're just, like, another workout with some race practice in there. And so then I'm like, let me sign up for all the races yeah they so get. that's that's my <laughs> personal problem with tuna braces i would love to figure out actually how to incorporate racing in my season in like a without, healthy way without blowing my season because like for me it's like either one goal race or it's like my goal is to run all the races right both is super fun actually running all the races in a fall oh yeah is like the most fun because it takes the pressure off of performance um, and then, but if you're training nicely, you actually can kind of perform really well too. Right. But you, yeah, you ta- tune-up races can make, you know, you can peak too early. You can yeah. kind of, um, you know, even though at the same time you're running like peak mileage that week of the tune-up race. So you're yeah. not like, it's not like you're in a state of recovery and taper, um, but it can, you know, you can, can um, race too hard. I would say, I would say what it does is less about your actual fitness and more about like metabolically and at, like your endocrine system because yeah. of the adre- the adrenaline of a race atmosphere. Yeah. It can kind of surge you and deplete you. And I know doctors will tell you adrenal fatigue is not a thing. I think that there is there is something that happens and it's like a cumulative stress load. There is something that happens that at some point your body goes that's it. And then it depresses you. And it's really hard to recover in a short amount of time from that. Mm-hmm. So if you like, and this can all be psychological too, right? You, yeah. you have like a little bit of a block for the marathon. Right. But the half marathon feels amazing and doable and awesome to yep. you, right? And so if you have a half marathon tune-up race four, four to five weeks before your marathon, you might, without knowing, put more pressure on that or like have more positive excitement about that half that then depletes you and then actually feeds into your anxiety about the marathon that's coming up. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like like you're intentionally, unintentionally, you know, derailing your marathon. True. Right? Whereas like I 
am the kind of the opposite. I'm like, well, I'm not good at the only way that I can PR halves is in the marathon. <laughs> like that's literally something I had said for years. That the only that's way the only that time I, you were like it was right. happening in marathons. Yeah. So you're like, well. So, so for me, I'm like, well, I can just run this one pace. Like I just have this one, one like, gear, this, or... right. Well, I, I mean, I have multiple gears, but it's like right. for distances over 10 miles, it's like this one thing. Right. And like, otherwise, actually for distances over a mile, it's this one thing because <laughs> I have like my fast, like 200 to 400 and then, right. And so a tune-up race, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to run a 150 and then... On marathon day, I'll run a 340. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't put the pressure on yourself with those because yeah. partly because, yeah, you just don't but then feel I, the confidence but in But then them. I do but, go into half marathons and I'm like, why is everybody else that's running the same marathon time as me, why are they all eight minutes faster in the half? Right. You know, like, I mean, it's literally that much faster. I remember, you know, for a time, our friend Kara and I had the same marathon time. Yeah. 32. Yet she's like, she was like a she was doing one thirty something, something yeah. in the half, right? And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, um, it's really hard to also if you're doing a race during during a season. So we did that with Mountain Speech Training this year. We did the ten mile and yeah. the ha- Jeff's half, and it was really hard to set a different expectation, different goal times, and even though we trained. To our fitness, and but the way we did it was so different because we did sixty thirties. Well, that so, I mean, to be was, honest, like that was that was the very edge because it was so oh, early yeah. in our season. It was the very edge of, of, of what, what we I were capable was, of. What I was physically capable of. It was less about muscular. I mean, it was less about like cardiovascular. It was the muscular. It was literally <laughs> bones and muscles. Like, yeah. I mean, my body was breaking down because I literally went from nothing. <laughs> To a 10 mile in early March and a half in mid March. Right. Like I went from zero. With lots of mileage around that because we were, it was, that was in training. Those weren't the goal races. And, but it was, you know, talk about like going to race and be like, everyone's doing eight minutes faster. We had to separate the finish time from the goal of the day. And so the finish time being a two hour half or being whatever, like in the past or on a race, like even now, if we were to race for a half, we would think, wow, two hour. That sounds kind of slow for us, but it I'd was... I'd actually be super happy if I could run a right now. half right now. Well, yeah. I mean, right now, because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, I think I could, because, like, my natural, like, my first half was 150. Yeah, exactly. So, again, I have this, like, confidence of, like, well, the first time I ran a half, it was 157. Right. I could go out. And, and I, I mean, that's not to say that I haven't run over two hours before, because I have, like, 18 days post-tonsillectomy. I ran a 205. Five or two but that again is like you were only eighteen days post surgery and you're still only like a two of Oh well and so. I was told not to run too hard. And then down in Virginia Beach, and one of the reasons I will never run that Virginia Beach. Shamrock? Uh, sh- no. Or the, um the Oh rock, the hot one, the rock the and roll. The rock and roll one. which they don't oh, do anymore. I don't think. That was the most miserable I've ever been on a race course. Yeah. I like took it out the first mile really fast, and I was like, "Why does it feel like I'm running through soup?" And then the rest of the race was just like I. Yeah. That was the hardest I've ever worked in a half marathon, and it was a two hundred eight. So it must have been a two hundred five after surgery. Yeah, those. Um, I chafed so bad between that the one legs. was like Labor Day. Those September, like because yeah. that's right around the time that I did that. I mean, it was a different year, but the Philly. Yeah. That Philly half, oh my god, like it was awful. Which they don't have that one anymore. But in 
It was rock and roll. I gotta tell in you, September, it's not oh, safe. September is rough. To, it's not safe to run those half marathons on those hot days and expect good yeah. performance. It's just not like it's literally not no. safe. So. Agreed. Like it's <laughs> actually though. I think that they like honestly. I think that any race that where the outside temperature is over eighty five degrees in full sun, like. It's like they should say we're not giving times right. today. We're not doing places today because it's un. It really is unsafe. Right, and there are times like like when again another race that's not around anymore, but the Navy Air Force half. There are times when the weather has weather has been decent enough to where yeah I have had good performances in September. Yeah, I loved a, the Navy Air Force. There's yeah. some September DC. There is the DC half now. Yeah. yeah. So when is that? I think it might be the same weekend, like mid September. Oh, someday we'll okay. do that one. But like. They, I don't know. Maybe you know, I'll do it this year. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you just—it's in a couple weeks. We should look at it. But yeah, you just have to realize that September, October, like yeah. you—you know—no matter what you're trained for, the weather might completely derail that. Yeah. And like just and be okay. Be pivoting. okay with that. Be okay pivoting. It's the same thing with okay. The one thing is, if you've got something like mile repeats or quarter mile repeats. Or something like that, and you are training for a time goal, and it's really hot out. You do have to do the work, and you have to do the training, and you have a couple of options. You can bring those workouts onto the treadmill. And the way that you do that is you have to run by effort because the treadmill does provide assistance. I don't care what anybody else says. It provides assistance. You also, on a treadmill, you do not need to increase the incline. That's dumb. Okay? Unless you're doing uphill training. Yeah. That's Unless it's thing. uphill, right? But if you're taking a speed workout onto the treadmill, um, what my suggestion is, is to run, like, look at the times and run slightly faster than your what you're looking for on the track. And still, I still take walk breaks on the treadmill. I'm, like, a big fan of walk breaks. I found that I need to double the walk break time yeah. because it needs slow down time because and of the, speed up time. of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I usually do 45 seconds to a minute of walking yeah. on a treadmill, but then I'm increasing my run speed. So if you've got mile repeats, I would cut them to half miles and do double, double the amount. I would do a break right in the center of them, of that one minute where you've got the slow down time and the speed up time. Um, and I would just try to run them faster than, let's say you're supposed to do them at an eight minute mile. On the track, that would be a run speed of a 7.47 run speed with a 30-second walk break in there. So then you would want to have a 7.30 run speed on a treadmill. And the track also provides assistance. So if you're doing – and then you kind of do that same conversion. So tread, treadmill's one option. The other option is the track. Yeah. And bring lots of ice and use ice during your and use a lot of cooling during your recoveries and take longer recoveries so that you're still getting that speed training. Mm-hmm. Um, try to try to get some kind of shade out there too. Um, but yeah, use ice to cool yourself down. Make sure that heart rate's recovered, yeah. and then do um, then do your thing, and then actually. While I'm saying go a little faster on the treadmill, on the track, start a little slower and work up to that pace that you're looking for. Um, Try not to cut your workouts, though. Um, Try not to say, I'm just not going to do it or I'm going to go run easy, which is actually my big intention. So do as I say, not as I do. I love to be like, I don't want to do these repeats. I'm 
just gonna run easy instead. Now, if you're okay with just finishing, that's actually fine. But if you were really like, I really want a time goal, I really want to do well, like that's how to do it. And then also don't beat yourself up if you're a few seconds off, like do consistently what you can. And then maybe sometimes that means your magic mile might be slightly off for you personally, because things do change. You know, we're not perfect machines. I think we've talked about how our magic miles are not necessarily uh, like correlated. We can, right. We can yeah. sometimes run faster than our magic miles. So a better predictor and some a better predictor might be a four mile block because even a 5k would be like kind of off like because a race effort is not quite right. So anyway. yeah, a magic mile might be closer in when you're looking at comparing it to like your 10k or something like right. that or even up to a half. I don't know. But it might my differ. my times, my 5k and 10k were always faster than my magic mile predicted. Right. So well, and or the opposite is true, where yeah, you know, you're you're. Because again, like those, it's kind of like the Macmillan charts and how yeah. they, some people fa- <laughs> fall, fall exactly completely outside. I'm <laughs> right. exact. <laughs> and most people fall somewhere outside of it. Like for the marathon, it's, it's slower. <coughs> and sometimes, yeah, like the shorter, I think my shorter ones are even faster than what it yeah. predicts based on, yeah, like, I don't know. It's funny, our VDOT calculator, the Jack Daniels calculator is like exact though. Yeah. Which is really, it's really funny how exact it is. So, um, yeah. So maybe we should talk about what to do, like, as people are getting into their, into their fall marathon training, what do you do if you feel sick or if you have yeah. your, if your baby stays up all night? Oh my gosh. Or, Everyone right now is catching all the stuff that's going around. Everyone's getting, I mean, there's definitely another strain of COVID. There's also just like other colds and flus. Yeah. So people are concerned because like, oh, I'm supposed to do, or I was supposed to do 16 miles last weekend and I got sick. So I took, good, take the weekend off. Do not go push through with when you're feeling sick. Take that, take the rest. So here's the thing. If the cold is above the head, you can run. You can. If the cold is down here, neck down, any, even a sore throat, you should not run. Should not run. Not long. You can do, it is safe to do 30 minutes easy as long as you're not coughing up a lung. (laughs) But, yeah, the time off will not hurt you. Yeah. Um, it really won't. And you can use other sneaky, low aerobic fitness that doesn't make you feel bad. But I got to tell you, the thing you need when you're sick is sleep. Well, that's also, like, thinking it in terms of, oh, if the, it's a head up or neck up cold versus neck down, that's that's been great historically. But I think a lot of people nowadays, what they're getting, if, if it's COVID or something else, People are getting fevers, and a fever is no running. Is no running. So even if you aren't like, I don't have a you know anything in my lungs, but I have a fever, or I'm feeling that extreme fatigue. Yeah. I just just Sleep. rest. It's not going Sleep. to derail you to miss that weekend. Well, and think about it this way: Do you run well when it's the hottest part of the day? No. When you have a fever, you are in the hottest part of the day. <laughs> it's yeah. only you're like cooking. Yeah. Your organs. And your body is is actively trying to fight something off. Yeah. And <clears throat> like if you have to take more than a week off, more than seven days, it might be time to reevaluate because you are so sick. You've got a fever long term. Things are going wrong with your heart rate. You have extreme fatigue. No race is worth pushing through stuff like that. But you might just want to reevaluate your goals. Maybe your goal was training hard for X time or training hard for some kind of, you know, improvement. Maybe it's, okay, 
I need, I got sick. It did derail me. I need to make sure I'm recovered enough to finish the race because that's really important. Like, I mean, that's actually a great, our mountains to beach was very much that this year. It was like our training did not actually get us to be able to run a goal marathon, but we were able to run a very strong to finish marathon. Yes. Yeah. So if you have, let's say you had 16 and you missed your 16 and then this upcoming weekend was, or is going to be either, I don't know, it's either 18 or maybe it's a down week. What do you do? What happens if you miss that 16? Do you flip flop, um, push it forward? What should you do? It depends. It really depends on what kind of plan you're doing. That's true. If you're doing a Jeff Galloway plan and you have a super long run and then you have a down week, go ahead and you just put, you just swapped your down week and your super long run. And it's a three-week cycle, so then you're actually going to have a four-week cycle, but that's fine. Four-week cycles are also very normal. Or sometimes you can just still take that down week and just keep going with your plan. Jump back into it. Right, jump right back into your plan because one week is not going to derail. So basically what I'm saying, and that's what's so lovely about a three-week cycle, you can either adjust it and go into a four-week cycle or adjust it and have a two-week cycle. Either one works. True. Like, so you're not going... One weekend is not going to derail anything. Right. If that weekend is three weeks in a row of that, then you might need to... Then and need that's to actually re-evaluate. where we were. Yes. We had a fail... We had failed mile repeats <laughs> where we didn't even do enough distance. Like, and it would have been different had we gone out and done the distance... You know, because we did a mile repeats that should have been 18, and I think we only did 12 that day. Yep. Right? So we're missing both the speed training and the distance. Yeah. Right? And then we had a long run that was supposed to be 23 and ended up being 11. Yeah. We just... (laughs) Like... No, it was 26, and we stopped at halfway and walked back to my house. Yeah. It was supposed to be 26. Yeah. Because it it was like London virtual weekend too, I think, or something like that. So, I mean, we literally did half marathon training. We literally did half of what we were supposed to do. Not intentional. And we were still able to run a two finish half marathon. Whereas, I mean, I still believe, I still believe my watch that had we done even one of those runs, either the mile repeats to the right distance or like we would have been you know, 358. Yeah. And, and even on the hot day. Yeah. And like with my injuries, like it was, you know, if yeah. I didn't have all of that going on, but yeah, so I mean, I would I say think you would have pushed through. I think it would have been fine. Had we, had we been able to finish those runs, I think that it yeah. would have been just fine. Like, I mean, you've run so busted. So <laughs> you True surely run so busted. Um, <laughs> Your hamstring for like years. I know. Like, but that like quad thing, I didn't know what to do with. Yeah. We should, I should yeah. talk about what's happened with my planter. And oh yeah. But, like, but so my, yeah, my, I guess I just want to follow that up with like, so if you have this weekend, you have now an upcoming weekend or the next long run is 18 and you missed your 16, go do your 18. It's okay. That's that's kind of like what I'm thinking that a lot of people are missing out on. They think they need the 16 and the 18. Yeah. If you miss the 16, you went from 14 to 18, you will be okay. Oh, yeah. You will be okay. I mean, in Galloway, we actually go up, we sometimes go up five miles. Yeah, like you jump from, from 17 to, to 20 and then um, 20 to 23. And it's and if and, we miss the 20 and do 17 out of 23, we would be okay. And it's always okay, you know, with your long run, whether or not you're doing a Galloway plan, it is okay on long run days. Like, let's say you've got 20 miles. And at 15, it's just so hot. And you're like, oh, I just can't. 
Walk the last five yes. miles. The time on your feet is important. Do not yeah. cut it at 15 and say, that's that was a really strong 15. Or like, let's say yeah. your coach gives you 18 and you're like, I did a really strong 16. Don't cut those two miles off. Go for a two mile walk. Do not sit down after that run. Go get those two miles in and keep going. The time on your feet matters. Yeah. Like, and nobody cares about your freaking Strava, so don't stop your watch. Yeah, Le- record it all. Go ahead and lap your- it. Go ahead and lap it yeah. after the strong run. Go ahead and make your title cool so that people know, like, hey, look, I didn't, I wasn't super slow the whole time. I just walked it in. Or if you are in a pattern of walking it in, stop. Get, stop that pattern by starting your runs with a two-mile walk. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but if you start your run with a two-mile walk and fuel f- as if it's a run, so that's fuel before, two miles would take 24 minutes. That means you need a gel at the end of that two-mile walk. Yeah. Right? And then go for whatever your prescribed run is. It's not going to derail you. I mean, the marathon takes time and patience. And you have to, the time is important. And that's where Galloway differs from the other coaches. He believes in the time being important. And that's why uh, the over-distance training is a thing, you know. Right. I am so glad that, you know, when I was a 3.30 marathoner, I'm just going to say 3.30 even though it was 3.32. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that I ran four hours and 30 minutes right. for long runs. Like, I'm so glad. Um, hat, like doing that made me never question what I would feel like at three hours. Yeah, it's know? true. Yeah, I saw that Sherry did that this weekend. I'm glad that she did. Was yeah. she, she was actually working herself up about the 29 miler, which was surprising to me because she has done so many marathons. Yeah. Um, our wonderful friend Sherry in California. And so she had a 29 miler. She's doing Berlin. So she had her 29. Yeah. And she was stressing about it. And they ended up doing, they did their... I think they did 23 and then six miles of walking. I love it. Which for them ended up still being around six hours or whatever total. And that's what they needed was the six hours that they Mm need on their feet versus because, yeah, again. I think Sherry was working herself up over it because Sherry doesn't do 29 miles. She just does a marathon. That's She just goes to marathons. But I'm glad she walked to get it to the the full time distance on her feet kind of thing. And like it still ended up, even if it was, it would have been. 530 instead of six like whatever it would have been like that's it doesn't matter the total time doesn't matter right the distance was what was more important there and so absolutely yeah so I'm glad she did that um but yeah over distance yeah over distance matters so much um so do you want to talk a little bit about your planter yeah so I should talk about my run so Saturday I ran yeah we talked about it I ran like about three miles it was 35 minutes I think in total just because of where I went and um, I didn't have any, didn't have any pain. It was just my little loop because that way I wasn't tempted. If I go on the WNOD, I'm tempted to go longer. WNO, you're like, I'm running six to seven miles just today. Keep going because it's I, the WNOD. It's like a mile and a quarter from my house. Right. So for me, if I get to the WNO, like in turn order around. to enjoy it, right, in order to enjoy it, I have to go out far. Now, exactly. I started doing this thing where like I walk a mile back, so it makes it a lot better. Yeah, so it cuts it off and yeah. you're, you're able to stop yourself and like yeah. when you're trying to keep it. So... No pain during. That's great. Felt good the rest of the day. And um, then the next day, yeah, I had this decision. I was like, do I go bike for, like, I want to do a longer. Yeah. I want like to a do a two hour, yeah. two and a half hour, something in there. Do I bike for two hours, two and a half hours? Do I, you know, what are my options? Do I pool run for two hours? And I was like, it's not going to be fun without legs. Yeah. 
And well, I can pull around this weekend. Oh, good. Yeah, let's do it. And so then I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go out for a run, even though it's like 10 a.m. It's going to be hot as hell. And then I'm going to cap myself and come back and get on the Peloton and, and do a ride so that I get my full two hours yeah. or two, two hours and 15 minutes or something. Went out and like we said, I turn around in 30 minutes, no pain during, no pain. I have, that's the worst thing about planters. I'll have no pain during the run at all. The rest of the day I actually felt okay too. Oh, and Saturday we walked three yeah. miles. So like I had six yeah, miles each day. Um, I had lots of steps. And then. Because that was the only thing I was allowed to do. Yeah. And then <laughs> a little bit of pain, um, just like the normal amount of pain Monday. But Monday I only got like 5,000 steps. So I'm like, that's not a good sign. And so I called. And, and then a little bit of pain yesterday. Same thing. Nothing, nothing terrible. But it's there. So I called and I made a follow-up with the doctor because that's what he wants me to do at six weeks. And I also um, am doing the the PT and this yeah. is, so like I've thrown shockwave, PRP, yeah. you know, including like rest, rest and like you know sur- some strength and stretching. I haven't thrown PT at it yet. They could probably do dry needling. There's probably yeah. things that they can do that I can't do. So they booked me out with like some of these appointments. I'll have to change depending on what's going on in my life. But I've got now appointments all the way till the beginning of November. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Though, because hopefully, hopefully that's that's what'll work. And then the other thing that you did was you tossed any old shoes. Yes. And you have new you have new insoles. New insoles. And new you have shoes. New shoes. And that's probably and I, why it felt good. Too, I think that's I think weekends. that's kind of important. And I think I mean I think all the Sockneys you have are probably fine. But I think any of the your shoes that were in regular rotation while you were having um, planner, it's definitely time to toss. And I hadn't realized this until you told me that. Your planner started when you were running in a pair of shoes without insoles. Yes. So, like, yeah. So, it. I know. So, you like, paused your own planner. Yeah. I need support. <laughs> like, that's the difference. I was wearing yeah. the mocks, and they felt good without insoles. And then, you know, as I... Famous last words. Famous last words. And that that's was like, last summer. That's like me changing from the Kimbara. Anytime I try a different shoe, I'm like, I'm like, oh, these feel good. I don't need... Um, I can wear a different shoe. And... Um, yeah, no. And then no, then pain. And so, yeah, so I'm throwing this last thing at it. I think I still also need to look at my – that was the other thing. This weekend, even though I didn't have pain, my calves, it's both calves, especially the yeah. plantar-affected one, were so tight. Yeah. So tight. And so I think that's the other thing I really need to look at. And I was just looking at a video from um, Fuller Runs Far, who is uh-huh. – he works with Mike Wardian. Okay. And he – and I was looking at this video of, um, you know, the calf – exercise that you don't know you need and so basically yeah he's saying your soleus you know it supports it's like basically the strongest muscle in your body it does you know it's 10 times body weight that is actually why you don't need to do calf strengthening exercises because your calf gets worked every time you walk like like okay so that's something i remember from like like the old like vanity is the only reason why you do calf strengthening (laughs) Calves, calves need to be stretched, but seriously, vanity is the only reason you do calf strengthening. Well, so he, he's saying maybe the reason, if you have tight calves, maybe they're actually weak. Oh, And that's because I'd never had tight, I never had this tightness before. And I also, again, I was more of a heel striker before, but in 
you know, with my planter, I have more calf tightness I never had before. That is the other thing. So So you might need to strengthen them. Here's the thing. You do not need to change. If you're a heel striker with no issues, you do not need to change what you're doing. Naomi had issues. That's why she changed. Yeah. Hamstring. So I was a heel striker and I had horrible shin pain. Like that was just, I mean, it was just awful. So I changed to be a toe runner. And since then, like pretty much okay. And actually, when I was a heel striker, I had knee issues, too. I had tight IT, things like that. When I became a toe striker, now, if I get anything, I get the perineal tendonitis, I get calf, I get Achilles, um, and that's exactly it. So if you have knee, knee, um, knee, hip, um, and glute, hip, uh, IT band IT issues, band. if you have calf, or if you have shin issues, like, and you're a heel striker, that if those things aren't going away with good PT, it might be worth changing your foot strike. Now, if you've got those knee issues, you may be changing them over, trading them in for calf issues when you become a toe runner. So just remember like a strong prehab program is, you know, we're not big on strength training or we have never been big on strength training for runners. We are now doing some strength training, but I would say we're not really doing strength training for running. We're doing strength training for the rest of our bodies. All over. Right. Um, but a good prehab program of, you know, making sure that you're, you're working on your specific imbalances is always great. Yeah, and that's the other thing I did too was before and after my runs on Saturday and Sunday, I I got that pro, what's it the pro stretch that yeah, that pro arc, stretch. that rounded thing. I stretched it's my like calves. Like the blue rounded thing that yeah, you stand on. Yeah, that you we'll, stand on. And we'll share a picture. I stretch my calves. Do you um, do toe taps every morning? No, see that's where I probably need you to start do, looking at you, actual. When you sit, when you uh, get I out do, of bed, you should just do like a hundred toe taps. I do like the ankle rotations, and so I need to start doing more of the. Ankle rotations. I need to stretch my calves before and after because that, that I think led to you know feeling good for mm-hmm. those two days of running. But again, having the pain creep in Monday, Tuesday, I'm like mm, maybe I'll just. So yesterday I pool ran. Yeah. And went on the bike at night. And then because we're also doing strength, I feel like I'm taking I'm using more time to do all yeah. the things. It's way more time of my day. But well, I'm you hoping don't it'll need lead two to hours. You don't need runner. two hours of cardio though on your double days. You could just do a strength workout. I'm just saying, like. Yes. It doesn't have to be too right. hard. Like you did an hour and a bit in the morning mm-hmm. and an hour and a bit in the afternoon. Like you can do an hour and a bit in the morning. You can do a 30 minute in the afternoon plus your strength and then you're still just at your two hours per day. Yes. We should talk about what we're going to do this weekend. But my, my thought is if you're up for running, we should do um, three to four miles. Not really much more than that um, on land as we make our way <laughs> on, <land. to>, on <laughs> land as we make our way to the pool and do a two and a half hour pool run. Yeah. So that yeah. we're getting that good three hour run in, but the majority of it is in, is the, in the water. water. Um, but then there's still some on land running, and then we yes. could do, we so we could meet at your house. We could do a four mile run to the pool carrying our stuff. Maybe not. No, we'll probably drive. Yeah. That's okay. We'll but do. Fit, we'll run, but we can run from the and pool. Convert. Run from the pool, then get right in, and then yes, and then true. if feeling good, no pain in the foot, we could always do another extra mile at the very end. Yeah, or yeah. Walk or no, whatever. I think that'll be great. We're trying to build up. We're still we still have Marine Corps. Marine Corps. And, and I'm not running both Philly. Marine Corps and Philly. I'm running one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, if if at all. So yeah. I'm gonna share it on the pod, even though I haven't shared it anywhere else. Oh, yeah. I had an embryo transfer on August 25th. Five days ago, uh, we're feeling very, very hopeful, but that means that I will be due in May if it works. So, 
Um, it's pretty crazy to be in this situation. Um, still contemplating a marathon. That's why I've been yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And that's know. why you're not running and you haven't Oh, well, it's run. only five days. <laughs> but well, yeah, I worked out. Um, yeah. I worked out up until, actually, it was yeah. so, so I was just so tired the Thursday before. My plan was to like, be like, really pack it in. I was so tired the no. Thursday before I took a rest day okay. <laughs> and then had the transfer and haven't been able to work out. So I'm, I'm actually, I've actually been feeling super antsy. Yeah. And they told me to, to kind of take it easy for five days. And I was like, do they mean on the fifth day or do they mean five days? So like I thought about pool running yesterday, yeah. but that was the fifth day. Okay. Like, right. So you took, that's good yeah. though, that you really because spent five like, days. Yeah. Of, you know, just... So, like, the embryo transfer, as far as counting that, you count that as day zero. But, like, for rest, I counted that as day one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so right. I'm allowed to do stuff today. So, depending on how I feel, I'm going to go really gentle. And I've, like, looked at a lot of, like, like, what my clinic says, what, like, all the consensus is. Because my clinic said, this is what the she says. It says, refrain from exercise for five days. After five days, you can include gentle exercise, like walking. I was like, wait, walking is exercise? <laughs> I was like, wait, am I not supposed to walk? Like, how am I supposed to get places? <laughs> well, and we were talking about, like, I have a dog. what were you doing before? Right. What exactly. And what is your, you know, what what were, is your physical fitness level before before and, and then rate, you know what, yeah. what's your body heart rate's important and yeah. you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push anything I'm actually right. once I find out if it for real works I actually thought I would reach out to Ash Davis and see if she would be willing to um, I don't know if she'd charge me which would be fine or if she would just give me tips of running through an IVF pregnancy good but not just from the not just from, from like the clinical the coach standpoint, side, but, but like from like she's run through IVF exactly. pregnancy. So exactly. So like, kind of just be like, like almost help with the emotional side more than anything because like right. that's the hardest part is like that side of it. Like physically, I know what I feel like. It's more like emotionally and mentally, like if it works. So yeah, I have a good feeling, but I'm also very guarded because you yeah. know. Because it's heart rate. We don't know. And yeah. yeah. We don't know. So. Well. And I feel nothing. Like, I just, like, there's no, like, I mean, did you yeah. know at three weeks and three days pregnant that you were pregnant? So, with. No, you ran. No. So, we did the. ran that race. The, the, the uh, 20K yeah. in um, Leesburg at three weeks or whatever. And then, you know, by the end of that week, though. Um, that was that Friday I had, so it was like, yeah, I don't know what day that was, but it was the, it was like a day before 28. So it was yeah, 27, whatever that is. Yeah. I had a horrible headache and oh, decided to take a pregnancy test because I was like, had a hormonal headache and I never have them. I was like, what is this? And that oh. was, yeah. And that was Julian. See, I've been on so many like drugs that like. <laughs> right. Like, you're, you're also, yeah, you're also yeah. like tampering with your levels versus. Yeah. It was, you know, it was different. Cause like, you know, it was very, very fortunate. And so it was just like any different, any change in how I felt could, you know, is potentially yeah. a symptom. So 
Um, and then I guess it was at that next morning that I told you and yeah. I, and coffee tasted bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so weird. So I'm like, like oh, coffee still tastes good to me. I was like, I really hope coffee doesn't taste bad to me. But you're not the only person that's told me that. Like, I've had multiple friends be like, yeah, I woke up and coffee tasted bad, so I took a pregnancy test. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, yeah. So the symptoms can be very weird and different. I really and like, hope they were coffee different still for... tastes good because I got to tell you, I've been off my ADHD meds and, and like, coffee, coffee is the only thing that's getting me through. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you can't. And I only actually. have one cup a day. Like, it's not it's like not it's that much. But so. yeah, I mean, and the symptoms are so different because I didn't have the headache or the coffee thing with Lila. So it's yeah. just, I had nausea with her. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, well, we're kind of excited. I mean, we're very excited. We're not kind of excited. We're very excited. And so. Yeah, and optimistic. Yeah, and, and, and cautiously, cautiously optimistic. But well, here's the thing. If, it, if like, it implants like the probability of it being live birth is very high. Like, yeah, because all the things that lead to miscarriage are usually chromosomal abnormalities. And like, Ours does not have is any. a tested embryo, it is so tested, so. <gasps> so exciting. So it's very, very good possibility that it will work. So with that little announcement, I think we will call it for the today. Yeah. And we will we are going to we promise we're gonna get some great outlines for podcast <laughs> episodes. So it's not just us randomly chatting, but hopefully you guys like our random chat anyway. Yeah. Um, we love all of you guys, so make sure that you submit any questions. Yeah, if email us them. or send, yeah. send them over on Instagram, please, and yeah. we'll answer them. And maybe we'll do another questions episode from the from the yes. core groups, too. I think we should. All right. Well, All we'll right. talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.